Welcome to the Root of Power podcast, where I teach you how to step into your power, find alignment, and create a life that you love using holistic methods, interviews with industry leaders, and inspiring stories from people who know that true freedom is found within. I'm your host and health and wellness bestie, Amanda Chills, and I'm so proud of you for choosing to step into the root of your power. Hello, 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 podcast fam. I am so glad that I am here with you today and that you allow me the space to just teach you things and to try and make your life better because that is what I'm all about. Um, Now, one of the things perhaps you don't know about me is that this podcast is totally free for you guys. I don't get paid, I don't have sponsors, and I am just here trying to help you make your life better And that's really what I care about. So kudos to you guys for doing personal development and trying to do things better. And if you need any help, if there's something you're struggling with, if something I'm saying really struck a chord with you, please reach out to me. Um, I would love to support you through it. And I wanted to tell you about this thing that I am doing with Caitlin Overby, who owns Willow Wellness Center in High Point. She is Y'all, she is wonderful. Her episode actually comes out next week. So make sure absolutely that you listen to it. She is a freaking gem and I think you're going to love her. So we are building a community specifically for women leaders, whether you're an entrepreneur or a businesswoman or you're just like, hey, you know what? I want to be a leader. Holla. We are building out a community for you. It is launching July 1st. We cannot wait to see you there. We are going to get unapologetic about what we deserve, what we're coming after, and what we're chasing. So we are literally building out this community from scratch to help you learn to live your best damn life. And if you are interested, you can go to livemyhappyhealth.com slash community, and that is going to take you there. So I cannot wait to see you. If it's not for you, go ahead and skip this part and I will see you at the beginning of the episode, which is in about two seconds. So you've already made it through. Let's party. All right, all right. Welcome to our discussion. It's a discussion if you talk back to me. So shoot me a message. Tell me what you like about those questions you have, what resonated with you about community and why you need it. You need it. It is in our DNA that we are rooted in community. It is the way that humans have survived. It is the way that we have evolved. We need each other. And y'all, I cannot tell you how many people I work with who are lonely. They're lonely. Even in a crowd of people, even at work, they go to work and they don't, they're not connected with their coworkers and They go out and they're not connected with anyone there and they have friends or acquaintances and and family members and there's no connection. Even though you talk to them, even though you see them for hours a day, even even though they're your partner, there's no connection because we don't know how to build it. And I don't, it's obviously not a coincidence that depression, anxiety, PTSD symptoms and their severity has skyrocketed in the time of shutdowns and in the time of COVID, like they're absolutely directly linked because humans need each other. You cannot 
go through life being Billy Badass. I don't need nobody. I do everything by myself. Blah, blah, blah. Like, that's not real. It's not real. And it's a trauma response. Hyper-independence, where you don't need anybody. You can't depend on anyone. You'll do it yourself. That is a trauma response. Somewhere along the way, you learned that people who were supposed to show up for you didn't and you were let down and it was unsafe and you couldn't rely on them and so you learned to be hyper independent you learned to be so proud because it protects you from getting hurt in the future but what it does in the present is it hurts you because you're not connected to other people right they say that people die two deaths one when you die and one when someone says your name for the last time Y'all, we all are going to have that space where someone says our name for the last time. That is how powerful communities are. We are meant to be rooted in each other. That's why people have such a strong pull for their ancestry. It's why you meet someone 10 generations removed and they say, I'm Irish. Oh, okay. Do you have any connection to Ireland? Do you speak the language? Do you... But they are rooted in their community where they come from, where their family comes from. This is why there's a huge movement right now in wellness to decolonize wellness, which is a really interesting term that I encourage you guys to look up, is indigenous communities, people of color, communities of color rooting in their indigenous practices, learning the language, listening to music from their family, cooking meals that their ancestors have cooked, building a relationship with your ancestors. Community doesn't just mean that we're reaching out to people physically present to us. It means we can reach out to ancestors. We can reach out to our lineage and our family and things like that. So the goal of today is that we talk about why community is important. And we've covered a couple things, but I'm going to cover them in more detail and how to build it. Because a lot of people, one, struggle to admit that they're lonely. That seems to be something a lot of my clients feel kind of intense embarrassment around. And they'll talk to me about their sexcapades and, you know, really deep level traumas. Not that their sexcapades are, but those are things that we cover too. And It takes a long time for them to admit that they're lonely. And when I mention it, when they talk about these things and I say, you know, it really seems like you're lonely. Their shoulders drop and they look down and they drop their head and they just go, yeah, yeah, like I I really am, I'm lonely. And that space doesn't feel good for a lot of reasons. One, it's literally built into our DNA to survive As a species, we build communities. We live in tribes. We have family units. Something that the U.S. has done really well and has had really, really negative consequences is it has separated multi-generational families. It is a very American thing to not live in a multi-generational household, to move out at 18, to not take care of your aging parents or move in with your parents when you have a baby um, so that you have multi multiple generations living in one household. And what it does is it forces you to buy more things, right? Because if you separate households, now you need twice of all the things that you would use to fill a house. So it's very, very capitalist driven and it has really negative consequences. You're literally physically disconnected from your family. 
Now, for some people, that's a good thing, right? So it's not like, oh, your family's your be-all, end-all, and, and you have to have a relationship with your family. You don't. If they're toxic, hell no. Bye. Bye, Felicia. Never again. Don't get in my life. But as a culture, we have separated families. We have driven individualism to a point where it's really had negative effects. There is higher rates of anxiety, higher rates of depression. PTSD is worse when you are not rooted in community. All mental health symptoms are amplified when you're isolated, when you're alone. And a lot of mental health symptoms drive isolation. So all of those things amplify. So it's literally in our DNA to be connected, to help each other, to have relationships. Community and having people you can depend on and who depend on you because it's a mutual aid thing. It's a mutual relationship. It literally makes us happy. I don't know anyone who has extreme independence, who never depends on anyone, who does it all by themselves, which by the way is false. Everyone has help. That's happy. None of those people are happy. That is always a survival mode tactic. And I'm telling you, you cannot stop to smell the roses. You cannot laugh at a joke. You can't be creative. You can't be happy if you're always running from a bear and your body doesn't know the difference between I'm alone, I feel alone, I have no support, and running from a bear. Because evolutionarily speaking, if we as a human, like a cave person, were alone in the woods, if we were shunned from our community, it's literally life-threatening. Our bodies still are triggered in the same way. When we are too independent, we have no connections. It's life-threatening. It's built into our system to live in a community, to have support, to be support. So things that communities do, one, it puts us in alignment with how we are evolved, how we have evolved to be. And when we go against our evolution, we have problems. It makes us happy, right? When you have friends that you laugh with, that you can depend on, that depend on you, you are happier. And I have worked with hundreds of people, y'all, people who have at least one person, doesn't have to be a bunch of people, but at least one person that they say, you know, this person is my friend. They are happier. We need each other. It roots you into a sense of time and place. So I'm very, very bad at placing things on a timeline. It's one of my ADHD things. So I can't tell you when things happen, but I can tell you who I was with. I can probably tell you what they were wearing. I can probably tell you what they sound like or what they looked like in that moment because my brain works in pictures. And what I remember isn't time, it's the people that I'm with, right? Think of your most important moments. And I really want you to think about who was there and who wasn't there. And if they weren't there, how did that feel? That is such a glaring example of why you need someone at least one person, we're going to talk about how to do that in a minute, um, who supports you, right? Think of it like the movies when there's that kid and they're searching for their parent and they're just like, they hit the home run, right? Because they want to hit you right in the fields and they look in the stands and no one's there for them. That's what the absence of community does. It immediately sends us into fight or flight. It immediately sends us into survival mode. So now imagine that you go through your whole life like that because you're protecting and you don't want to be hurt and you don't need nobody. 
Or on the opposite end, you don't know how to make friends. You you want friends, you want to be close with people, but you don't really know how to keep a conversation going or you don't you just don't know how to make friends. I run into a lot more people who don't really know how to make friends versus the real hyper individualist, I don't need nobody, whatever. So it roots us to a sense of time and place because it anchors us. Our relationships anchor us. We need people. It literally makes us healthier. There is study after study, like dozens of studies about how having friends makes us healthier. We live longer. We have less stress. We have just so all the consequences that come with chronic stress we don't have those things as badly when we have people who love us and take care of us and we can in turn love them and take care of them now i'm going to tell you a couple stories about that in about a minute when i go over what happens when we have community and when we have the wrong community um It also encourages collaboration, right? Because I don't know how to do a lot of things. Like I'm good at what I know how to do, but I I really don't know how to do a lot of things. But if I have someone in my network, someone in my community who does know how to do something, all I have to do is ask them for their knowledge or to teach me or to do the thing. And they're allowed to say no, right? Because everybody's allowed to make their own choices, but it lessens my burden. And then they can ask me for things that I know. And in that way, we have this really beautiful like collaborative spirit and we're working together and we're forging relationships and we're like deepening those bonds. And it's just a beautiful fucking thing, guys. The other thing, and this is the last one, then we'll get into the meat. We'll get into the meat of today like a steak. We'll just eat it. Um, or like a carrot for you vegetarian people or vegans. Um, the other thing that it does is it builds your empathy It builds your ability to have relationships because you have practice having a relationship and building it and deepening it and doing that thing. It gives your life meaning and it helps you find purpose, right? A lot of people, when they struggle to find purpose, they also don't serve others. They don't do anything for other people. Hello, like what do you think we're here for, guys? We are here to uplift each other. Now, there's some caveats to that and I'll start with a couple stories. If you have toxic people in your circle and those are the people you spend the most time with, guess what? You're toxic now. Guess what? Your life is miserable. Guess what? You're never going to thrive, right? It's true what they say. You are the people, the average of the five people you spend the most time with. I'm going to take it a step further and say you are the average of the five people you exchange the most energy with. So you can be around a toxic coworker for eight hours a day who just complains, they hate their job, the blah, blah, blah. It's always bullshit with them. But if you don't exchange a lot of energy with them, if you don't engage in a lot of conversation, if you don't allow them into your energetic space, then they don't really affect you in the same way as like having a really negative partner or having a really toxic parent um, because you're kind of naturally going to exchange more energy with them, especially if you live with them or you have to see them often. So I'll tell you two stories. The first story is tales of a toxic partner. And then the second story is what happens when you have a really good community around you. Um, So fun fact, I've always been really good at having a community. Like I grew up a lot. um, And you know how people will say like, oh my God, women are the worst. Like girls just suck, blah, blah, blah. Like patriarchy, internalized misogyny nonsense. Um, One false, women are wonderful. 
lovely women are lovely. Shitty people, no matter what gender they are, are just shitty. Like it doesn't matter on the gender, right? So I grew up as a synchronized swimmer, which means I always, because it was a female sport, um, I always had a group of women, always, from the time I was eight years old until now, because I learned those skills when I was young, a group of women working towards the same goal, working together, having to put pretty diverse personalities together and to work together for hours, to travel together, to get along, to manage those things as a team, right? When you become a team, you you do something greater than you. It's literally the sense of community, which is why a lot of people who were athletes on a team sport naturally have better relational skills because you have to work together as a team. It's not about you. It's about the team. And so you learn a lot of things along the way. You learn to sacrifice your ego, right? You can't really have good relationships if you're always having to win or you can't process your triggers or you have to be on top or you have to be in control. Like those are not healthy relationship dynamics. So I grew up with this really wonderful group of women. Um, and I lost that when I changed colleges my sophomore year into junior year. And so I had to rebuild it again without being an athlete as part of a team. And that was kind of hard, but this isn't about that. Right? So let me bring it back to tales of a toxic partner. Um, I don't talk a lot about my marriage on here, but I'm going to talk about it a little bit just to give you guys an idea of what was happening. So I was married previously to a man who seemed very lovely and became extremely toxic, abusive, toxic, negative, cruel, all of those things. What happened to me during that time, because this was the person I exchanged the most energy with, and this is what I think may ring a bell for a lot of you guys, is I became someone I didn't recognize. I was exhausted all the time. I was angry all the time. I was, if I wasn't working, and y'all, I was working like 14 hours a day, I was asleep. Um, I didn't see my friends. I could, I literally didn't have the energy to interact with them. I was cruel. Um, I would say things to him that I would never, I would never say in another situation. So when we surround ourselves with toxic people, it becomes like this cloud and this energy that we can't get out of because sometimes we can't see it, right? It took me a little while to see it. That's okay. But we become these people who are not our most authentic selves. They're not our, our best selves because toxic people, when they're the people that we exchange the most energy with, influence us, right? We cannot, listen, if you hear nothing I say today, you cannot lift toxic people out of their toxicity. They will only ever drag you down. This is why who you choose to exchange the most energy with, who you choose to have in your close-knit community is extremely important, extremely important because they will drag you down. I have a lot of clients who really have miserable people, miserable people in their circle. Why? Misery loves company. Also, sometimes this is the normal that they grew up in. Their family struggles, they're pessimistic because that's a protective behavior. If you never expect anything or you only expect the worst, you never get your hopes up, then you're never disappointed. Meanwhile, you're always disappointed because you hate your fucking life, but that's another podcast. So I have a lot of people and a lot of clients that I work with who 
exchange a lot of energy and in their community their people are very negative they complain all the time they're not trying to be better they're not trying to change their life they're terrified of anything that can make them happy and so they make sure things don't work out and it's awful they prove themselves right again and again and again that life is misery and that is what these people are committed to and it's hard to break i work with my clients to break those relationships and to build a new community and if they've never done it before it can be kind of hard like, it, it's hard, y'all. It's simple. But like anything else that I talk about, it is a simple process, but not an easy process. So that was the negative, right? I really became someone that I, I wasn't, I almost, I mean, I lost my friends for a little while. It was not good. So I had to rebuild after I ended my marriage. And it was easy for me because I already had the skills. And because, you know, my friends welcomed me back with open arms as, as they do. And they're lovely. And it was wonderful. So your community matters. Who you surround yourself with matters. And it matters a lot. It matters a lot, y'all. If you surround yourself with toxic, negative energy, you are never going to be more than you are now. And you'll never be happy because those people will make damn sure that you're not. Because your happiness is a threat to them. This is why we want to build a community of people who support us genuinely support us, who call us on our bullshit, who hold us accountable, who want us to succeed. We're going to talk about how to do that after this next story. So my dad, for those of you that know him, bless you, we love him. Um, my dad is wonderful at building communities. He just shows up for people. People show up for him. He's fucking hilarious. He's wonderful. My mom, she struggles a little more. So my dad got into a motorcycle accident I think about 11 years ago now, uh, he had to be in the hospital for a whole month. It was horrible. Y'all, worst <laughs> worst experience I've ever had. Um, would not recommend. Zero out of 10 stars. Um, during that time, my mom was working full time and you know my sister was working and I was in school. And so none of us could really stay with him in the hospital. And he had not even a family member. It was his, I believe his niece, his niece's husband. And this is the importance of community. One, he had a local restaurant um, called Elena's. Shout out Elena's in Lakeland, Florida. They're amazing. Um, brought him breakfast, <laughs> lunch, and dinner. Y'all, every single day, every day, without fail, three times a day, the entire time he was in the hospital, and it was almost a month. Um, and they did it just because he's in their community, because they love him, and that's what people do in that community. Cuban, so my dad is Cuban. Cubans are a really, really close-knit community. You'll often find that immigrant communities are very close-knit. One, they have to be, right? It ensures mutual survival. And two, many other cultures are much more collective than Americans are. We're very individualistic. Um, so they made him food every day, three times a day. Um, her husband actually moved in, basically moved in with him into the hospital so that he could take care of him. Um, never asked for anything to do so. He just did it. Um, not even family, right? He was his niece's husband and it was wonderful. It was such a burden off of my mom and it was so hard. And, and he, they actually had to move him into his own room, uh, because he had so many people stop by, um, that his like neighbor, his like roommate got annoyed. And so he, they literally had to move him and that's the price of community, right? That's the benefit of community is he was never alone. So I'm sure y'all know someone or know someone who knows someone who, who passed away alone during COVID. And 
It's not meant to be that way. Humans aren't meant to go it alone. We're not meant to pass alone. We're not meant to do any of the big things alone, right? When something exciting happens, what do we want to do? We want to tell someone that we love. Um, When something terrible happens, what do we want to do? We want to tell someone that we love. Either way, we look for connection. It's a human thing, right? So if you're listening to this and you're like, yeah, Amanda, that's like super cool. I get it. Your dad is really good at community. So you didn't even have to try and you were an athlete. But you know what? I wasn't an athlete and I don't know how to do it. And I am lonely and I'm pissed off about it. And super glad it's easy for you. But like, what the hell am I supposed to do? Well, friend, I'm going to tell you, we're going to build a community. And it is as simple (laughs) and as hard as that because, again, these things that we're going to do are very simple. Um, They're just not easy. So it's like, it's a thing, right? But love you, so I'm going to teach you how to do it because I'm not just going to be like, oh my god, you need this, and then not teach you because that is stupid. And we are not stupid. We are dope. So we are going to do these things. So how do we build a community slash make friends, right? Because The goal is that you make friends um, and they become your community. Now, this doesn't mean that you have to make a bunch of best friends, blah, blah, blah. It just means that you have people in your life who you give a shit about and who give a shit about you, i.e. friends. Now, the first thing that will probably make you uncomfortable is you have to talk to people. You just, you got to talk to people. You have to open your mouth or open your phone and talk to people. There is no community if we cannot communicate. Now, some tips for communicating. At first, right, some people struggle with like building relationships in stages and relationships really do have stages. You don't just want to tell someone your whole life story the first time you meet because they're going to be like, oh my god, I'm overwhelmed. So we want to go in stages. You want to give them a little bit of trust and trust them a little bit And then once they prove themselves, we go a little deeper, go a little deeper, go a little deeper, etc. So the first times that we're talking to someone, we want to keep it kind of light. Talk about maybe current events or a holiday coming up or what's your weekend plans. Um, Or if they're reading a book, like, hey, what are you reading? What do you typically read? You know, something about them. People love to talk about themselves. So one of the great ways to talk to people is to ask them questions. Not like we're interrogating, but ask follow-up questions. You say, hey, what do you do? And they say, oh, you know, I I work at a gas station. Oh, that's cool. How long have you done that? So we want to like respond and not just like rattle off questions to them. We want to make it a conversation where we share a little bit about us, a little bit, don't get crazy. And then we let them share a little bit about them. And then we start talking about things, right? Over time, we're going to share more and more of our internal experiences, something that went wrong or something that we're really excited about or our favorite movie or blah, blah, blah. Um, Now, here's the kicker. So one, we're going to talk to people. Two, if you like this person, if you jam with them, here's where most people struggle. And it is the simplest thing, guys. I want you to ask them to be your friend. I want you to literally look at them and say the following words. Hey, you're really cool. We should be friends. I'm going to repeat it so that you get it. Hey, you're really cool. We should be friends. Now, if that sounds ridiculous to you, let me tell you. One, I don't care. Do it. Two, I have done this 
for years, years. I have just said, hey, you are cool as hell. Let's be friends. Can I have your number? So maybe we add, you know, a way to contact them. And I have never, y'all, I've done this for years to dozens of people. I have never had someone say no, either because they're so uncomfortable in the moment that they're just like, what the fuck? Okay. Like they do it out of um, stress or hopefully it's not that, like people are allowed to say no, or they genuinely want to be my friend because I'm cool and they're like, oh, okay, this chick is cool too. But they don't know how to ask. Now, if someone doesn't know how to ask, I just remove it. I'm like, hey, we should be friends. And if they give me their number and they never want to text me, that's totally cool. Right? I don't care. What I want is to build a connection with someone to say, hey, this was really fun. You seem like someone I would like to get to know. Now, I'm not telling them all this, right? This is my brain process. Like, hey, this person was super cool. I like their energy. I like their style. I like their vibe. Vibe check. They passed, right? So I'm going to say, hey, we should be friends. Can I have your number? And they're going to go, oh my God, yeah. Because what do other people want? A community. Y'all, it's in our DNA. They want a community too, but many people are afraid to ask, which is the beautiful thing about not giving a shit what anyone thinks is who cares? Who cares? If they say no, that's their fucking loss. I'm great. I'm a great friend. If they say yes, now I've gained a friend too, which is exciting. So we're going to give people the opportunity to be our friend by asking them to be our friend. When we make friends with someone, so we're going to have a conversation. If we like them, we're going to say, hey, you're really cool. We should be friends. And they're going to go, oh my God, yeah. Then we start building a relationship. We invite them to things that we do or we say, hey, you know, I'm, I'm going to be doing X. Do you want to come? And they may say no. And our job is not to take that personally because relationships aren't about them owing us or us owing them. It's like a door is always open, right? People can walk in and out at any time as long as they're not disrespecting you or crossing boundaries or being cruel, right? No, we don't want any of those things. But if they're just, hey, I'm busy, you know, cool, whatever, I'll text you next time, no biggie. Now, if they never show up, we may want to reevaluate if we want this person in our community. But that's another, that's another episode. So we want to give to others. We want to ask them to hang out. We want to start building that relationship. And it is going to take asking, y'all. You have got to ask. You can't be like, oh, I wish someone would just knock on my door and be like, we're friends now. It is never going to happen. You have to go build these relationships. You're welcome. I just changed your life. So go build relationships. We are going to show up if people ask us to go to things, even if it's a little outside of our comfort zone. If your priority is to build relationships, you're going to make it a priority. We're going to be honest. If they do something we don't like, if we really like something, we're going to tell them about it. Like, hey, you know, it was really fun the other night, but I'm not really much for drinking. So is it cool if we go um, to a baseball game instead? And they'll be like, oh, cool. Yeah, like, I didn't know you didn't like to drink, whatever. Um, that's one I run into a lot because I don't drink. So if someone's like, I want to go to a bar and I'm like, oh yeah, that's like really not for me. Or if they want to go do karaoke, like I hate karaoke. I hate it. Y'all, I'm never doing karaoke. Just don't freaking ask me. Um, I'm going to be like, no, like that's not really my scene. Um, could we go out to dinner though? And they'll be like, oh yeah, like everybody's got to eat, right? Hopefully. I don't know when people do who don't eat, just not eat, I guess. I don't know. Also, we can talk to people about shared interests. This is one of the ways that we build community or things that you have in common. Like if you live in the same area, if you like the same coffee shop, if you love their brand of shoes, like 
if you both have animals. Like there are probably things that you have in common with more people than you know, but if you never talk to them about it, then you don't know. So we're gonna start building a community of people who support you and uplift you. Here's some of the ways to know if people are going to do that or not. This is green flags, green flags. They are optimistic. They already have friends. They are able to be sober most of the time, right? Someone who is in active addiction, y'all, that is a huge red flag for building a community. So we want people who are sober, who are able to be sober. If their energy doesn't drain you, that is a good sign. So those are four things that we want to look for. Some red flags. Someone who is in active addiction, that's not a good person for a community. They need extra support before they can really be there for someone else. Addiction really takes your ability to be there authentically away from you. So those are people that need extra support and they're probably going to drain you. Someone who's abusive, right? We don't want those people. If they're cruel, if they make fun of you, if they say mean things about everyone they know, they're not going to say nice things about you. Believe people when they show you who they are. Someone who's negative all the time, if they never have anything nice to say, they're gonna drag you down because they don't want you to be happy. Then that proves that someone can be happy and that's a threat to them. They wanna prove that everyone is miserable and so they will make you miserable just to prove it. Stay the hell away from these people. Those are three pretty good red flags. So we'll just, we'll stop there. If someone is cruel, if someone is miserable, if someone can't be sober, y'all those, I'm telling you those are not your people. Um, no hate on people with active addictions, but they need a lot of support before they can really be in healthy relationships. Um, so yeah, that's the thing about communities. That is, that's really it. So we want to, y'all, I want you to be happy. And part of being happy is having a community of people who support you, who love you. And if you have no one, talk to someone. Talk to someone. And then if you like them, say, hey, you're cool. We should be friends. Once you do it with one person, it gets so much easier to do it with someone else. And then we have this cool little community of people that you love and who love you and support you. And you deserve it. You deserve to have people who uplift you and who look at you and are like, you know what? You're all right. Like, you're good people and I want to spend time with you. That is so reaffirming. Y'all, you deserve it. You deserve to be happy. And you deserve to have a community of people who love you and support you. So go do that. Go talk to someone. And if you like them, say, hey, you're cool. We should be friends. And then fucking invite them somewhere. Do something. Go for a walk. Go sit outside. I don't care. Do something. And if you want a community of hella dope ladies, although men too, I suppose. We don't discriminate. Everybody who wants a better life, if you wanna level up, if you want a built-in community of people who support you and who are gonna help you reach for those stars that you deserve to go after and that you're gonna chase because you've listened to this podcast and you're like, I deserve this and I'm gonna start chasing it. livemyhappyhealth.com slash community. 
that is the place that you want to do it. We like lovingly refer to it as the cult because we want you to ascend to a higher self. But like, I promise I won't make you drink any arsenic. Um, for those of you that don't get that reference, it was Jonestown. Um, I'm not really into people drinking arsenic, so I'm going to end the podcast now before I put my foot deeper in my mouth. Um, y'all be good. Have a wonderful day. And when this works for you, shoot me a message and let me know. I love this shit. So y'all go kick some ass. Love you. Bye.